You're listening to episode 230, Online Business Management with Patty Suarez. Zone of genius for me is the thing that you thrive at. So it's really like when when you're doing that, you, you can see the excitement of, of the person doing it. You can see that it's really focused, that he knows, like it just flows. It's natural mm. to the person to execute that. So for example, I love brainstorming. Brainstorming comes natural to me. So I can talk, I can brainstorm an idea like for for hours. That's something that comes natural to me. So, and that's one of the things that one of the you know one of the zone of genius that i have because of course you have different skills that you you excel at and that actually it's natural to you so for me the zone of genius is really what comes natural this is the dance of life my name is tutor alexander and we are going to go on a journey to hack your mind body and soul for living your best life yet Tune in every week to learn something new, grow, and get inspired as we discover the secrets of success and practice the art of fulfillment. And if it's one thing I hope you learn from today, it's that your life is a dance. And just like any dance, you can learn to dance it well. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today is Friday, February 19th. 2021. So happy to have you with me today. Jim Collins starting it off for us. Good is the enemy of great. What a simple and powerful quote. You know, great about never settling. I'm a perfectionist. I'm a recovering perfectionist, and maybe you are too. And certainly there is a time when it is good enough and you can leave it alone. This has been a huge lesson in my life. But I think at the same time, it's also important to have one area in your life, at least one area in your life, not all of them, obviously you're going to go crazy, but one area in your life where it is never good enough and it's okay to have that, to push yourself. It's, you know, if it's good, then that is the enemy of great, meaning it'll, you don't stop there. Keep going. Greatness is not just 80%. It's, you know, and when we were in high, in a, not high school, in elementary school, I went to a Catholic elementary school and it always used to burn me that, man, the A, if you wanted an A, A minus, you know, there's A, there's A minus, A plus, but even just to get the the very minimum A minus was a 94%, 94. I mean, in public school, it was 90%. So it's like, even if you had like a 92 or 93, it was, it was still a B, it was still a B plus. It was like, oof, if you're a perfectionist, that just, that just burned you inside, you know? So uh, greatness is beyond that 94%, right? It's shooting for 95, 96, 97, 98, 99.9. You know, you're not always going to be able to get 100%, but shooting for that is is the key. You know, last week we had a great episode on leveraging the power of podcasting to grow your business. And I was saying that in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be doing a lot of great stuff on businesses and entrepreneurship, how to get a little bit stronger online with your online presence, how to learn to manage uh, online stuff, online businesses, online strategies, different uh, automations, things like this. If you're in that space, and I think it's very relevant today, you know, whether you're 
just doing something on the side or if you've got an online business, if you're curious to learn some different things, different strategies, what other people are doing. Uh, my goal is to serve you in the next couple couple weeks with that because there's a lot of great people coming in with a background in business. Today, I'm interviewing a gal. Her name is Patty. She's a consultant and a business manager for entrepreneurs. Uh, she has an MBA in business management and years of corporate experience. She helps entrepreneurs grow their business and make the leap from solopreneur to a solid growing company. Her specialties include delegation, organization, goal setting, building an online team, setting up systems, and time management. Today, I'm so excited to have Patty on the show because you know we have more than ever an opportunity to create wealth. Uh, and even more importantly than wealth, it's really freedom, right? It's really to have freedom to what to do what you love to do and to enjoy life using the internet. You know, online business is the future. I'm excited to share some great golden nuggets with you in this interview. So if you're looking to scale your venture, to do an online team, to learn a little bit more about business management online, if you know anybody who's in this boat, then make sure you share this episode with them. A lot of great stuff is going to be in this episode. Super excited to share this with you. You know, there's so many things that are constantly changing in online business. So it's one of those things that you have to kind of stay on top of yourself the whole time. But at the same time, there's also principles too that are timeless, you know, like being able to give something away for free that's very high value and serve people and be consistent, uh, being organized. These things are timeless, obviously. So if you want to get in touch with Patty, uh, make sure you check out the blog post for this episode, the show notes. And this is episode 230. You can go on danceoflife.com slash podcast. And she is sharing a free time management guide that I'll post on that show note post. Again, that's episode 230. Uh, so go to just the website. You'll check it out there. Without further ado, let's do this. Episode 230, Online Business Management with Patty Suarez. I mean, I am in Portugal. It's kind of like a rainy day. I think there's some sort of storm going on. But um, other than that and COVID. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, how's the coronavirus thing going over there in Portugal? There's quite a few restrictions up still. I mean, they come back up, right? But um, it's not as bad as some other places, but still... You know, we're not also in a good place. So it's kind of like midway, I would say. Portugal has a lot. Yeah. 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 Portugal has a lot of old people. So they are Mm. more cautious with all the restrictions and and everything. A lot of things that they put in place is more to prevent than to actually kind of like remediate, if that makes sense. Hmm. Interesting. I didn't know Portugal had a, a large senior population oh so yeah <laughs> is that a lot of people is that because a lot of people move there to like retire or i mean what's the reason for that That too but portuguese people also um, they tend to live long and they like hmm. when they are young they immigrate they go somewhere else because you know portugal living it, it's really cheap to live here but at the same time the salary the wages are really low so mm-hmm. like Portuguese people tend to move abroad to make more money and things like that. But then when they become older, they tend to return to the 
to their home country, basically. Mm, interesting. So, yeah. But, there, wow. but there's a mix. There's a nice mix. Lisbon now, it's kind of like, I think, the go-to city for uh, digital nomads. So there, there is a lot of young people here in Lisbon and the surroundings. But if you go, you know, to the other cities and things like that, it, you see that's mainly old folks. <laughs> that's interesting. I, I only thing I remember of Por Portugal recently was that I read a study on how they did, maybe this is Portugal, but they basically legalized heroin or something like that to make it easier for people to like get rid of it and, and sort of not stigmatize it. And so they had this whole program where it was legal and then it actually led to a lot of success because a lot of people were getting support they needed and they don't have it. They didn't have a heroin problem anymore. Is that right? I don't remember if that was Portugal. I, or <laughs> it's not something that I see people talking a lot about. Uh, it's not that it's legal. It's not legal, but mm. if you want to use, they have those vans, That's right. yeah, those yeah. medical vans and whatever. And yeah, if yeah, you yeah. want to use, if you have an addiction, if you want to use and be supervised, you can go to that van and they will basically take care of you, make sure that you, you know, you don't pass out. You don't, mm. I don't know, and nothing bad happens that you're using uh, the proper equipment so you don't get sick from whatever, uh, you know, yeah. using bad things. They will actually test the drug as well. So they, there is some some process around it to make sure that people are not dying uh, from drug consumption. Hmm. Um, but yeah, but it's not that it's legal. They're just kind of like, well, if you want to use it, and if I'm not going to stop you from using it, then I might, as, might at least care and take care and make sure that you're not, you know, going nuts or something. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but I remember the stats being pretty successful, though. They yeah. had some good success with that program. So it's interesting to see that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when I mean, when I heard about that, uh, yeah, the, the results were quite interesting. Hmm. How was how is entrepreneurship in Portugal? Have you been in Portugal your whole life, or did you just move there? No, I moved here two years ago. I'm actually hmm. Brazilian. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. My business is online. I don't have Portuguese clients. So. Why did you choose to move to Portugal? <laughs> well, I needed a break from Brazil, to be honest. Like I lived mm. in the U.S. for three years almost. Then I moved back to Brazil, and then I'm like, yeah, that's not my place mm. in the you know in this earth. So I did a backpacking in Europe. Portugal was kind of like what called me the most, I would say. Mm. Um, and, and then, of course, I had some friends here. The language is the same, so you make right. you make it easier to immigrate and all of it. But um, there's not a particular reason. I just needed, I knew that I needed something different. And kind of like I moved here, and I actually started my business here. Kind of like left, I dropped everything in Brazil, and I kind of like started from scratch in hmm. Portugal. <laughs> I'm curious because there's every country's, like I remember reading somewhere that New Zealand at one point, I don't know if this is still true or not, but at one point New Zealand was like one of the best places to start a business uh, because of their laws. I mean, they were just incentivizing people to move there with like, you know, no taxes or something. I don't know. It was something very incentivizing, but that's why I was curious with your, I heard about that in New Zealand. No, there is, nothing really appealing to have a business in Portugal. <laughs> okay. Taxes are quite like 
not high, but I mean, you know, what you, you normally expect in different business. Mm-hmm. The bureaucracy here in Portugal, it's painful. <laughs> but you I can write a say. lot of stuff off or how does that work? I mean, do you still get enough uh, money back because you have a business and you can write things off? You can. Uh, of course, it depends on what type of business you have. Mm-hmm. But you you can with IRS and things like that. You can uh, basically note down everything your gains and you know everything that you spend, and then get some money back. Um, there are some benefit. Like, I mean, it's a lot different than the US. So, for example, you get like three months on maternity leave here as well. That's supported by the government. Of course, you pay for it on a monthly basis yeah. with the taxes. Uh, fathers also have, uh, like I think 20 days, but then that can extend as well for, for paternal leave, for example. So mm-hmm. there is some benefits, uh, employment benefits, but I think most people move here because of the cost of living really. So it's really, it's cheap to live in Portugal. Hmm. So like you can leave. Well, not in the center of Lisbon, of course, but like if you can live in the surroundings, pay your rent, your bills and all of it with like a thousand euros or even less. Wow. Well, that's even more incentive to have an online business because then you can make money from anywhere. Exactly. And live somewhere really cheap. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's what a lot of people do though. Yeah. They make a lot of money and they live in a place that is really cheap because that mean, that means that, you know, the money they're making, it really makes a difference. And online, you usually charge. Well, a lot of people, it's US, like it's dollars or euros or something like that. So, so it's quite it's quite nice. <laughs> How'd you get into entrepreneurship? Was there, Were you always into business or something just kind of shifted in your life and you wanted to start your yeah, own business? Yeah, no, it was... It was a shift. I actually, I had a bit of a burnout in Brazil. I worked for IBM, huge company, three years, like the whole time that I was in Brazil, I worked for them. Um, and then, yeah, I went basically down, you know, like burnout, depression, all of it. So mm. did some therapy time. And then I was like, yeah, that's, that's not the life that I want to live. Mm. Um, and I knew that I had these skills and I, like, I love traveling and all of it. So it was more like for me to not go batshit crazy <laughs> and have a proper life, uh, I need to, to make that leap and actually create a life that's gonna, you know, work for me, like mm-hmm. allowing me to travel, to explore without having to start over again, because like, I was in Brazil, I was corporate, I left Brazil, moved to the U.S., kind of like started over again in the U.S., jobs. You know, when you move to a country, it's really hard to find a good job at at first, right? So then you have to get like the crappy one until you actually, people realize like, okay, she's not leaving, so she's going to stay, so let's give her a job uh, that, you know, that fits basically the skills. Um, Then I'm the U.S., I stayed there, like I said, for three years. Then I moved back to Brazil, had to start over again because they were like, well, she's going to move again. You know, kind of like, you know, it's the insecurities of it the companies usually have as well. Yeah. So then I was like, well, I like to travel. I can't say that I'm going to stay in a country for like too long because, I, you know, I might want to move again. I don't know. So I needed really to create a way of living that would support that. Hmm. What's been your hardest 
moment with how, how long you've been doing the business now that you've started? Two years. Two years. What's been your yeah. hardest moment in the last two years? Uh, I, I think they start. It was really figuring out what to do exactly and kind of like find my way through it because everything was so new and fresh that uh, so I started, you know, testing out different things like using, you know, picking a skill that I have and then I would test something uh, with that skill until I actually find, you know, okay, this is kind of like, this is my zone and this can actually give me more return. So, and kind of like deciding on that. And of course I had a job here. So then I was doing entrepreneurship sort of like as a side gig in the beginning until I actually became a full-time entrepreneur mm. uh, a few months ago. So it was what, really kind of like the transition. Yeah. I mean, what was that like for you to take the leap, you know, and to not look back? I mean, that's, there's a moment in time where you have to kind of let go of just, okay, that's it. <laughs> you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing this, you know, so what was, what was it that moment was scary as shit. Cause like, especially during the times that we are right. So I actually made the leap during COVID. Mm. So, and I like, well, a lot of people did that. I think, I mean, with everything that's yeah. happened, it's like, but like I quit a, a safe, like relatively safe because I don't think employment is something that's safe, but you know, uh, a job that was nice uh, and, you know, gave me some benefits to jump full time on this entrepreneurship thing. Um, I mean, the decision was already made. I actually, I was supposed to leave that job right before COVID hit. So I actually delayed just to see, uh, just because of COVID, because like, okay, let's see what this is going to lead us to. Let me see how the, you know, how the market is going to sit with it, how things is going to work, because there, of course, there's a lot of uncertainties with the unknown. So, but then when I saw, you know, like after the first two months, it was like, okay, it's actually getting better <laughs> online mm. than offline. So now it's a time to really kind of like put my head down into business and make this work. I mean, it was already working, but just kind of like take this extra step and bring all the people that I needed to bring. I'm actually booked out right now. Wow. So growing my team starting in January to be able to take on more clients and support more people. That's exciting. I mean, it's, it's really been an opportunity, I think, for online business with everything that's happened. Yeah. Uh, you know, for people to leverage the power of working from home, which exactly I think that's the future, honestly. <laughs> I think so too. I mean, I think a lot of things are changing now due to COVID and they're, I believe, positive changes, especially around employment, how you, you know, you select people basically. So they're not looking at, you know, just send me your resume and let me see how that sits. I mean, that's not what I think the companies now are going to take a different turn and to actually look at the person, you know, as a person, as a soul, and like not just these skills and whatever it's listed in a piece of paper. Well, it's interesting too, because now you can make, there's so many ways to make money online, yes. like with, yeah. with just a, an economy that didn't even exist before. I mean, I just, I see it being like more and more towards people being these individual entrepreneurs running around and having just different 
like, I think each person will have multiple streams of income. They might be like small streams, but I think that'll be in 10, 20 years, 30 years from now, the average will be just a person that's doing different things for money. And that's just going to be standard rather than just having a job and going to work nine to five. I mean, I don't know. It's just, it seems like it's moving in that direction with so many different ways that we make money. It's true. Uh, it became a lot easier, I'd say, <laughs> yeah. to kind of like find your way and to actually be more on your zone. Because like with employment as well, you kind of like you need to fit that role. Right. So you can be doing 100 percent the things that like you like, of course, entrepreneurship, you're not doing 100 percent the things that you like as well. There's always a piece that it's not exactly what your zone of genius is, but you know that you need to do to make the business work. But with employment, it's like you need to fit that box and you can't really change it because you don't have the power to. Hmm. And, I, and that's, I think, the biggest difference with entrepreneurship. What do you think trips people up when they're starting a business the most? Like what are some of the most common uh, you know, places where people get stuck when they're starting out? There's a lot of overthinking. Like they get stuck on their own head because they think that they need to know everything that, you know, it needs to be perfect, that everybody expects a certain level. And, um, and sometimes people think that, you know, like it's, if they are starting, they want to start from a certain place. Uh, that's not exactly where they should be starting from. Because if you want really to start, go through the beginning, accept that from the point that you decide to start, you are a student. You know, so you need to learn, you need to put yourself kind of like on that learning and student seat first. And then um, after that, you learn what you need to learn and then you take the leap. But like, don't overthink the whole process. Just make sure that you're doing step by step. Um, do what you can. It doesn't have to be perfect, but just do it. Do it and deliver. And then you improve as you go. You know, I think a lot of people get stuck either one of two ways. It seems like they have an idea and they don't take action on it or they're taking action without really thinking if it's got any purpose towards what they're doing. So they get stuck in the details, you know, they just wind around. Yes. Yeah. What, how do you, how do you help people follow through? And in the first case, people like you have an idea and you're not taking action on it or you're putting, let's say, you know, you're working your full-time job and you have an idea and you're kind of thinking about maybe doing a side hustle or something like that. How do you break that ice? How do you help people follow through on their idea and take action and get something started? Because I think once you get started, it's a little easier, but it's just that first step. Yeah, of course. I mean, first thing that like, once you have an idea, you need to really make sure it is a sustainable idea, right? And it is a profitable one as well, because at the end mm -hmm. of the day, if you want to make a business, it's because you're looking for the profit as well. So do some research, validate your idea, make sure there's a market for it. And then like, if, like I said, some people get stuck. So if you are stuck, plan, your, plan it out, like lay down what I need to do every day to actually be able to, start or you know get my feet off the ground with that idea so really kind of like reverse engineer from a place that okay if i implement the idea this is how it's going to be working so reverse engineer into the place you are right now 
and look by, you know, first month, weeks, and then days, what can you do step-by-step to actually make that happen? So that's, um, yeah, that's what I would advise people to do. Are there any tools, like any specific tools that you've used to um, stay organized or stay on top of your goals? I mean, I use a notebook. That's an old school tool. But (laughs) (laughs) Are there anything specific that you've used for your online business? Yeah, I mean, there are several tools. Uh, I I like a good old spreadsheet, (laughs) to be honest. But for tracking, for example, I use Asana, which is a project management tool. So then I, mm. I lay out everything in there and I make sure that I can actually check mark the things that I'm doing. And I just, you know, organize it as a project, right? Everything as a project. So then mm-hmm. I know that I'm going, I'm accomplished each phase of that project and until I actually get to the point that I want to be. You know, staying organized is, is so important. Like I, I can relate with the whole spreadsheet thing because I actually literally yesterday was buying a graph paper notebook to, to draw a, like a box for my, my new podcast, uh, whatever format that I'm going to be releasing episodes. But I'm like, wait a minute, I can just do this online. Like, why, am I, why am I wasting paper? So, but staying <laughs> organized is so important because I've, I feel, especially when you're trying to create something that there's so many little steps that if you don't put them out visually in some form, yes, a lot of people about this too. Like even when you want to launch a new product, let's say, or a new service or whatever, you have to see how does that relate to everything else that you're doing? Because if it's, if it's not related in any way, or, you know, if you don't have a sense of how does that circulate through your business, then you're going to end up losing a lot of energy and time, especially when you launch it without that knowledge. Exactly. Uh, one thing that I, I always do with my clients, like that's actually the first thing that I do when I get a new client. And then every year or every time that's needed, we do we re- revisit that is actually really laying out. So like I, I make them write what are their vision for their business. Mm-hmm. So like it can be stick notes, whatever it works, like write in each stick note, let's say all the visions that you have for the business. And then we look at the goals for that period. It can be for the year or for the first quarter, whatever that period looks like. And then we write the goals into a sticky notes as well. And then we start asking the questions, okay, what are what of those goals actually support the vision that you have? So mm-hmm. is that really in alignment? Do you have any goals here that you put to yourself that is not really working towards the vision that you have? So this is one of the analysis that we do, like the first one. And then we go even deeper with the tasks. So like, let's lay out all the tasks and responsibilities and things that you decided that you want to do, all the ideas that you have. And then we do the same thing. Is this in alignment with the goals that you have for that period and with the vision that you have, like the overall vision that you have for your business and life as well? And that's when we, we basically remove all the excess hmm. uh, of the project and, on, and of the division. Like I said, entrepreneurs, they have a lot of ideas. Sometimes they like they can have 10 ideas and only one actually supports the vision hmm. and the long-term goal. And everything else is thing that's nice to do. It's fun to do, but it's not really going to benefit them in any way. It's not going to make any money. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, it might make money, but not, you know, as much that is worth it to take you outside 
of the path that you are going through, that's the path that you want to go to, right? It's not going to be worth it to actually take you outside to make little money here. What if you keep going the way you are? You will make a lot more, you know? What, what do you think about zone of genius? Like, what does that mean to you? And how do you help people find that? Because I, I've, you know, that's, that's a phrase that's very popular in entrepreneurship is kind of stick in your, you know, zone of genius, stick in your lane, that kind of thing. But what does that mean to you? And how do you help people discover that? Zone of genius for me is the thing that you thrive at. So it's really like when, when you're doing that, you, you can see the excitement of, of the person doing it. You can see that it's really focused, that he knows, like it just flows. It's natural hmm. to the person to execute that. So for example, I love brainstorming. Brainstorming comes natural to me. So I can talk, I can brainstorm an idea like for, for hours. That's something that comes natural to me. So, the, and that's one of the things that one of the, you know, one of the zone of genius that I have, because of course you have different skills that you, you excel at and that actually it's natural to you. So for me, the zone of genius is really what comes natural. Hmm. Do you think people can have more than one zone of genius? Why not? I mean, why not? <laughs> yeah, why, why limit? <laughs> why, why limit? limit? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, everybody has different skills. Everybody thrive at different things. So it's not that I'm good at brainstorming, that that's the only place that I thrive at. You know, like I thrive at many different things as well. The, the yeah. thing it's, it's um, knowing to differentiate, um, you know, is what comes natural to you and what you actually have to put some more effort to execute because you can be really good at different things, but that's not necessarily what comes natural to you. Mm. It's interesting. I mean, part of that too is delegation and knowing what to delegate and what not to delegate. So what's your process about how you, how do you know, like, how do you know, what do you delegate and what do you do yourself? You know, what's your measurement for that? Well, that's actually, you know, everybody struggles with that. I think first it's understanding where your time is going. So for mm. us, for me, it's really kind of like try to list down everything that you did on that day, you yeah. know, or, or that week. And then you see, okay, what of those items could be done by somebody else? For example, what all from all of this, what can be done by somebody else? And then you kind of like start picking it out. I think that's kind of like the starting point of delegation, mm-hmm. really looking at the tasks that you were doing, pick out the ones that you know for sure that somebody else can do. And then you look at, okay, I really don't like doing all like those tasks, but I know I have to. So then when you have those tasks that you don't like doing it, but you have to, then find somebody else that's really good at those tasks and delegate as well. And then with whatever remaining tasks that you have, then you ask the question, which are the ones that actually bring income to the business? And which are the ones that really, I, I am the only person that can do that in the business like right now. Because as you know, when you scale, like you might, you are a coach, you can be a coach and then, okay, that's the coaching piece only you can do. But that only up to a stage of your business, as you keep growing and scaling, you can bring other coaches to take on that because that's how mm-hmm. you grow, right? But first you need to have a really good understanding on how that looks like 
how those tasks looks like to you. And then you kind of like start picking and delegating the ones that you are doing. I think a lot of people do a bit like they come from a wrong place when delegation, they fight, oh, I need a virtual assistant. And then they hire a virtual assistant, but they don't know what tasks to give to the virtual assistant mm. because they just thought they need one, you know? So first you need to know really what do you do every day for your business? Pick out the ones that, um, you know, somebody else can do. And then you look for somebody who has those skills, not just kind of like a general virtual assistant because there are like many different types. Maybe you don't like doing, doing graphics for your business. So look for a designer, you know, look for the right person that you need for the tasks that you don't want to do anymore. What are some great places where people can find these remote workers and build their team or at least contract people out? You know, there's like, if you're on Facebook, you can find everybody on Facebook, to be honest, <laughs> like mm. post, a, post a job on, on a Facebook group, you're going to get hundreds of applicants. Uh, that's, that's what happens a lot. That's what I see a lot of people actually looking for, for um, resources because it's a bit more personal, I think. Like you can mm. really look at the person, see who that is, you know what I mean? So you can do some kind of like screening before. Uh, another place that a lot of uh, entrepreneurs use for um, when they're starting out is Upwork as mm -hmm. well to hire subcontractors. Um, I mean, those are the main two that I've, I've used and that I know some people that have used as well. There are a lot more. But those, yeah, from the network that I am at, those are kind of like the most used ones. What, what's your process for vetting somebody? I mean, or I should say like when you hire somebody, like for example, with design, because that design I think is a good one to use. <laughs> yeah, I mean, design is very important because they have to translate kind of what your vision is, you know, your why, who you are into a graphical representation. And so that really, I mean, there's a real amount of training and, and sort of uh, vetting that you have to do with somebody so that they get who you are. And anybody who's doing branding for you, that's, that's a real training process that you have to learn to communicate your vision. So what's your process for, I mean, do you help people how do you help them communicate their vision to, to somebody when they're looking to hire and to create a situation where they're not backtracking and just, you know, cause I've been there. I'm sure you've been there. Everybody's been there where you've hired somebody. You're like, God, that was just such a stupid job post. I should have never written it that way. I attracted like 20 different wrong clients you know, <laughs> or applicants, you know, so what's been successful for you in terms of hiring people and, and hiring quality people, obviously those two places you can look, you know, you can find all kinds of quality people, but you can also find people that don't really match your you know, what you're looking to get. So what's been your process to help weed that out? Yeah, I think one thing is really understanding what are not just the skills, but the personality trails that it's important and that's going to fit uh, well working with you. Mm -hmm. So it's really making sure that it's a nice fit. Also, one thing that's important, and that's not just for hiring um, employees, but also for accepting clients, it's making sure that, you know, the values are similar. Mm -hmm. So that's for me, it's really important that we have like similar values. So integrity, honesty, for example, you know, um, but then other than that, I mean, like with the design example as well, 
Uh, for design, you need to look at the portfolio. You need to see what the person did. You really need to do the work. If it's not a design, then have a set of questions and scenarios and ask those out for whoever you're interviewing. So like present scenarios and see how that person will respond if she was leaving, he was leaving that specific scenario. And then you can analyze, okay, based on that response, what can I see right here? Well, so like there, there is a good question that some people ask, like, especially working online. So let's say you have, um, you need some information from somebody that's in a, in a different time zone. What do you do? And then a lot of people are like, no, I would call the person. I would do this and that. But like, I didn't give you a timeline. I didn't told you like when you would need the information from, like there's a lot of information missing. So if you actually, if you're looking for a VA, they need to be detail oriented. They need to be able to plan things ahead. Then the best question possible would be, well, I, if that's a project that I was working on, I would already know that I would need that information. So I would have asked that in advance. Hmm. You know, so really like asking situational questions where you can see the response of, of people like from that. And then you can really get the, like what, what's behind that response, right? To see mm -hmm. if it's the right fit or not to the role that you were looking for, right? And that has the skills that fits that role. What's been the hardest thing for you to delegate with your business? The hardest thing for me to delegate, uh, I really like, like I like to have my hands on things, <laughs> to be <laughs> honest. So um, the hardest thing for me to delegate so far, and I'm actually still looking for the right person is the design piece. Mm, <laughs> so yeah. I haven't found that yet. Cause like I, I graduated in design actually. So I'm very particular with <laughs> <Yeah>. the work <laughs> and the skills. So yeah, that that's, that's been the tough one, but January, I will be hiring an employee, a designer. So hopefully I'll find the right one. <laughs> it's tough. I mean, I, I'm in the same boat. I, I love actually design. I love doing design. I've, I've done design for a while. I used to do a lot of art stuff, but you know, finding somebody to, to do that for you is just like, especially if you know what you want, especially yes. if you know, and especially if you can create <laughs> what you want. Like I'm actually, I'm decent at design. I know how to create a lot of marketing materials. So it's just like in those areas where you know what you want and you can do it yourself, that is very difficult. Very exactly. Difficult. It's <laughs> exactly. easy to delegate something you don't want to do and you don't know how to do it, <laughs> but. That's right. And yeah, I mean, like uh, another thing that I, I like automation, I like testing workflows, for example, mm. and testing systems and all of it. Um, but I know that I, I don't need to be doing that. I actually have uh, somebody that has those skills on my team but I tend to put my hands on it and then just kind of like to see from myself. Yeah. But I think it's really um, a process that you need to tell yourself every day. Like if I keep doing that, I am the one that's blocking my own growth. Right. Yeah. So I think, and it's really kind of like coming back to the mindset until you are able to step out of that controlling zone and let that, let somebody else take care of it. What's your favorite, uh, I mean, what are some of your favorite tools for automation, automating your business? And what does that even mean for people who don't know what that is? <laughs> well, it means basically making things work without you having to touch it. 
No, that's I think the easiest Magic. way to translate <laughs> automation. You build it once and then that's going to run it forever or until you actually want to change something. Or until the platform updates their code or something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> until, something until something grows wrong. Um, well, I, I use Dubzato for a lot of uh, client onboarding, contract automations. Uh, Zapier, of course, because yeah. you can connect all the platforms basically. So then it makes uh, it makes it a lot easier as well. So those are the two tools that we use the most um, on my clients. I mean, of course, for course management, there's Kajabi, Kartra, the, all of those other tools that integrates as well. And then you can create some processes and automations on it. Um, those are the main tools that, that we use that would be able to, to do the job, right? Connecting everything and make sure that's running. Anything recently with automation that you've learned that kind of changed your productivity level or your, your outlook? Anything recent? Um, yeah, anything well, that not, you've done recently? Well, not really. I'm actually searching for something new right now, like a new mm. software that's going to make it easier especially for my clients. Uh, so like coaches that work with packages, right? Like it's 10 calls or I don't know, six months or thing like that. Making sure that we have a platform that you can track the progress of the client, um, the overview dashboard and all of it from a client journey and mm. process. So that's something that I'm looking at. I've found quite a few nice platforms, uh, but I haven't sat in like in one yeah, that's going to work. So I'm actually always searching new things um, that would, um, you know, would improve not just the back end, but also the front end of the business. So actually how the customer experience on the front end and mm. making the life of the entrepreneur easier on the back end. So that would be like a situation where if somebody's taking like some coaching in this case with, with, a, with a coach that they would have like a dashboard similar to when they're enrolled in a course, like an online course yeah. and they would see like the coach's notes on there or, you know, like what specifically are you looking to track? Exactly. I mean, you would see like how many calls, for example, you'd have left. You would mm -hmm. be able to see yeah. the notes. Like from a ledger each call. pretty much kind of like, yeah, like, yeah. like the notes from each calls, you'd be able to even schedule any, any new appointments, like share files mm -hmm. and, and have that, that tracking. And from the business perspective, also you would have a good sense, but like overall view, right? Okay. So I have mm -hmm. that amount of clients. Those are ending now. So that means that I need to bring new people in in this month to kind of like fill mm. up the spots and yeah, give a better controlling of, of that situation. Yeah. So, you know, when to pivot more into advertising or whatever exactly. else, hiring, that kind of thing. Exactly. That's interesting. Well, you have to let me know. I'm curious about if you find anything good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we do that right now. I mean, there's quite an extensive Excel sheet with some formulas and graphics yeah. and all of it that does right. the job. But just, you know, having that piece automated, it's, it's important. And, and that's one of the things that I constantly tell my clients or anybody that talks to me is really, I think it's starting from an easy place. So like starting from an Excel sheet, from a Google Doc to understand exactly what you need and what you're looking for. And then you go search for a platform that's going to fulfill that need. Because I see a lot of people doing the opposite. 
they pick a platform and they think they try to make that work for them without really knowing like what's important for them to know what type of data do they want to know right so uh, i usually do the opposite i start with the easiest way and then once we know exactly what we want and what, what's important for us then we look for a platform that's going to support it it's interesting I mean, there's so many platforms now the, the thing that's difficult i think also as an entrepreneur is and this is one reason I think also to the point of delegation and why it's just better to have people doing it because there's so much information on each platform that it's literally, I think the future is going to be like, people are going to have entire careers just trying to memorize all the Rolodex of information that's, <laughs> that's in the platform, you know? And it's like, for me personally, as like a, as a creator, that's just such a waste of fucking time. I mean, it's just like literally you're, you're sitting there memorizing the code. I remember with Instagram and Facebook, I mean, obviously those are easy ones to pick on, but you know, it's like, okay, first it's all about the hashtags. You have 30 hashtags. You got to do your image like this size and this, and then pretty soon they change the rules again. And you're just like a little puppy dog chasing the hot dog <laughs> around the room, you know? And it's like at the end of that whole experience, two, three, four, five years later, you haven't, you haven't done shit with your life. I mean, you've just learned different algorithms, you know, in my, in my case, in my perspective, like I, I've, I value my time to create and do things that are interesting to me and uh, to sit there and memorize like how things work. It's just, it's crazy. So the future is really interesting to me that how, how those platforms will evolve and shape because at some point the market's going to be like, even now with course, like you, you mentioned a few of the course creation was like Kajabi and uh, Kartra Thinkific, I use Thinkific. Uh, I mean, they're all the same, relatively yeah. speaking. I mean, <laughs> it's still a hundred bucks a month. You got to shell out, so it doesn't change. Uh, but at some point, it's like, okay, like, how many options do we need? You know, it's like when you go to the store and you get thirty options of toothpaste. It's like, well, I don't even know which one to buy. You know, so it's interesting to me the the dilemma that future entrepreneurs will face with with that whole like, well, where do you start? you know, type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, that, but that's exactly why I said, you know, start with the easiest place possible. So if you can start on an Excel sheet, start on an Excel sheet, yeah. because like I said, there are thousands of platforms out there. They do pretty much the same thing. Some has more func functionalities than others, but if you don't know what you need, if you don't know what type of data is important to you, you're going to pick a platform, you're going to be paying for a platform that's not going to be giving you the information that you really want and that you really need, right? And again, like there, one thing that I see all the time, it's people paying for different platforms that do the same job. Mm. Because, oh, somebody told me to use this one and then somebody told me to use that one, for example. If you use Dubzato for client management, right? There are a lot of people who use Dubzato and then they have a calendar, like a Calendly or a Quiddy or things like that. Mm -hmm. You don't need that. Dubzato has a scheduler functionality. So then you're paying two platforms, not needing it. So if you're skilled at WordPress or if you have somebody on your team that knows WordPress and your website is on WordPress, you don't need to have lead pages or click funnels, for example. So it's really kind of like knowing also or having somebody that knows it, right? What are all the functionalities that this platform has? And can I get rid of another one then if I'm subscribing to this one now? And make sure that you're not duplicating, basically not having 
multiple tools that do the same thing. Yeah. What do you think, like for people starting a business online? I mean, obviously there's different kinds of businesses, but what are some must systems? Like what do you see as sort of like, these are for sure going to be components of an online business that you have to be familiar with? Calendar appointments, making sure that you have a calendar system that people can book uh, with you and talk to you. Contract, um, making sure that it's easier for people to actually sign up a contract and pay you. So really having that connected, the contract and the payment, uh, that makes life a lot easier. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, Zoom, for example, to host calls, if that's the type of business, if you are you know, on the service-based business and not on the product-based one. I think those are the main ones that you need. And I mean, of course, if you start from scratch with a good client onboarding system that you can grow uh, with, with that process uh, and system, that's just going to make life a lot easier. Well, for people that don't know, what is a client onboarding system? <laughs> it's really every step of the way when you have a new client everything that you need to do for that person that's part of your onboarding system from the email that you send to welcome them or to send them a contract to that first booking first appointment to whatever document that you need to provide them as part of the service all of that it's part of the onboarding system so anything that you need to do from day one when you actually from the intake from when you're having that that sales call, anything from that point on can be systematized, can be automated. Most of the, part of the pieces can be automated and uh, it can be streamlined. Hmm. Automation is the future. I can't wait till they figure <laughs> out something that can be as creative as you and you don't have to do anything. Just sit there and make money. <laughs> right? oh, that would be nice. Well, they actually yeah. have some robots. <laughs> at it's, I, it is scary. I mean, I think I saw some uh, Facebook posts about like the AI that painted this painting or something. I mean, it looks kind exactly. of creepy. It's creepy <laughs> as hell, but I'm like, they're, man, they're getting, at one point. Getting our minds to the AIs and having them do all the job. Yeah, that's going to be the end of humanity right there. <laughs> Pretty it's much. Our, it's our laziness that we just want to delegate. We want to delegate too much at one point, and then we're going to delegate our, our souls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it looks like. Well, you're starting, are you expanding your team or are you creating a team in January, you said? Expanding. Expanding. How big is, how big you want your team to be? No, not that big. I mean, at least not now. I think for next year, the plan is to have, like to add five people to the team. Yeah. So I have two right now. That's, so. I mean, five, five is quite a lot, especially, I mean, you're adding them all, are you all, all at once or are you adding them over the period of time? No, no, over the period of, over a period oh, of okay. time. So like the, the plan for 2021, it's five. Yeah. Um, but on the beginning of the year, I'm probably going to add like two, right? Mm -hmm. uh, on the beginning of the year. And then let's see how it goes. When, when people create a team, how do they, like, how do you go about that? I mean, obviously you, we talked a little bit about the sort of the virtual assistant part, but how do you, how do you create a team? How do you run a team? How do you, you know, uh, keep everybody organized? How do you keep uh, everybody on track with the vision? How, you know, especially when you're working remotely, there's sort of that 
barrier with the internet, obviously. I mean, it's a, it's a tool, but it's also in some sense a connection barrier. So how do you overcome that with an online team? Uh, I think it's important first to have the company structure really well laid out. So having, uh, and of course, that, that is also the component of onboarding a team member, which mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, you need to have your vision, your values, you need to have that kind of like that first set uh, of documentation, they must know about your business. So then when you're onboarding somebody new, they will also get that piece of information. Uh, having, you know, an org chart, for example, where you know, where you have laid out everybody's roles and responsibilities, that it's something that it's up to date and it's available for everybody on the team at all times. Because let's say, uh, I need I need help with something, I can easily go there and see who can help me with it, who has those skills. And no matter how big, how big or how small you are, I think that that makes a lot easier. And also from the entrepreneur side, you need to have like once a month a call where you go over, okay, here are all goals for this month. I mean, usually I do have that with my clients on the end of the month. And then we plan the, the month ahead, right? So here are the goals for the next month. Let's look at what worked. During this current month, what didn't work? What can we improve? Is there anything missing? Any lack of communication? What can we do to work better? And then after we clear that, then we move, okay, next month, here's the vision for next month. Here are our goals. Here's how we want you guys to support us in the business. And of course, keeping the communication open. People need to know that they're free to speak they speak their mind to bring ideas and they're not going to be like judged or, you know, prosecuted because they said something at the end of the day, everybody wants to work towards, you know, the company to achieving that goal. So having that communication open, making sure that you ha- you're there every month, say, okay, here are the goals. Here's where we're walking towards to. Uh, that makes it a lot easier as well, because then everybody's on the same page. How do you handle payment with people on online team? Do you just pay them on PayPal or do you have like a payroll type of system? Uh, well, right now I don't have like employees. So they're also contractors. Mm-hmm. And then basically they, they need to send me an invoice and then they pay them an invoice just like oh, my gotcha. clients, me with my clients. So, I mean, it depends, of course, on on the team member. We can be through PayPal or uh, like some some of them even have like the... Uh, the auto payment systems as well. So then you can just put your card there and, mm-hmm. and pay. What do you think has been your biggest lesson with your current team? With my current team? Uh, really taking the time to get to know them and the different skills. Because I think sometimes we we rush through the process because we need mm-hmm. we have the work and we need to we need to get the work done. Um, so actually, it is something that I'm doing right now is really having them fill out a sheet. Okay, tell me what are the things that you love to do? What are the things that you don't really like? What can I expect? So like creating those communications, like I said, and really getting to know them and seeing and make sure that, you know, they know that they're being heard. And also that um, because I, I want to grow, I want to also make sure that they are doing things that they like. Because if they're doing something that they don't like and I plan to grow, I can easily bring somebody that likes that piece that they don't 
you know, kind of like to take that away. So really building the team conscious uh, with the conscience that uh, everybody is on their, you know, doing the things that they love to do and they're being respected and taught, like considered for the growth as well. Hmm. Have you had any situations where you have had to like discipline somebody or, you know, like have to deal with the situation where obviously expectations aren't met and how did you deal with that? Not with this current team. I actually, I had uh, other people working with me, of course, that I had to let go. Um, I think, again, it all comes down to communication, right? I think it's important to know like online as well. And if they're not an employee, uh, you need to give the tasks in advance. You need to consider the time, you know, that they're, you know, that they're going to have, they're going to take to execute the task. You need to consider time zones and all of it. So like being mindful of all of it, communicating proper, giving them the, the deadline. And then if they don't meet the deadline, then it's kind of like you ask once, you ask twice. And then again, it's a service, right? They're providing me a service as well as a subcontractor. So if that's not working, if they're not delivering, then unfortunately we just need to have that hard conversation and say, well, you know, you failed two or three deadlines. Um, I actually raised the flag, right? Cause you, you're not gonna, don't say anything. So if you see something wrong, talk to the person say, okay, so what happened here? Uh, why did you miss that deadline? Can you please, how can we fix the problem, right? So you try to fix the problem one, two times. If you see that doesn't work, there's no, again, there's no reason why you would drag it for longer than that, you know? Mm -hmm. And then you need to make the call that's going to be best for your business and let that go. Yeah. What would you tell people that are in a position right now to either get into a side hustle, like they're, they're not in it yet. They're just working their job and they, they're curious. They want to start with an online business or they're just starting out. What would you tell them? Anything that comes to mind? Persistence and like, just keep going, you know, um, it, it's difficult in the beginning to find your way or to decide what you want to do. But if you don't continue, if you don't persist on it, you'll never really know, you know, like that, mm. that that was something possible for you. So it's really like keep trying. If if you if you get yourself a position or you know a role that you don't really like, switch to another one until you actually find the one that okay, this is for me. So then when you find that one, then you you start to expand on it, you know. So like don't pick the first one, you don't like it, and then you give up. Like just switch, change scenarios until you find one that's that you like more, and then you start to expand from it. Nice. Anything coming up that's exciting? Are you looking forward to anything? I mean, you got your team that you're going to be creating, but anything, any projects, any new ventures, any traveling? Yeah. <laughs> well, traveling... Not so I'm much right forward. now. <laughs> that's not yeah. really up to me to be honest i think projects and new ventures i mean my business will be changing next year so um so that's exciting and bringing more of a flipping more for an agency format and stepping more into the consulting piece than just the management so i'm excited to to see all of that happening and you know 
becoming like reality <laughs> it already yeah. is we are on the early stages of it so so that's really exciting that's cool well good luck with that what are you most grateful for today what am i well well actually i'm moving places so i just got the confirmation today that our uh, proposal was accepted on a new house that means new house office space so i'm nice. <laughs> grateful to have a quiet, nice room that I can work from, that I can be creative and that I can see my business growing and thriving from. Because right now we're on a, you know, Portugal housing, the house here apartments are really small. So yeah, we're for sure. moving from a small apartment to an actual house with a backyard. So I'm nice. really grateful for that. <laughs> hey, space is, space is everything. I mean, I know I live in Phoenix and so it's, we have a lot of space where we live, but I, I remember I've traveled to like New York or any of these places and I just get so claustrophobic. I'm like, God, I could never, I mean, I'm sure other people disagree, but I've, I've lived in a place with space and it's like, I like space. I like having my space wherever <laughs> I'm at. It's super important. Yeah, I know. Yeah, for sure. Like in Brazil, we also have a nice house with a backyard. Uh, in the U.S., I lived in those small apartments in New York. So I was like, yeah. geez. Then Florida was more spacious. for a studio or something. <laughs> yeah, then Florida was more spacious. But then here in Portugal, also apartments and houses are tend to be smaller. Um, so it's exciting to have a backyard again. <laughs> yeah, nice. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode, everybody. You know, today more than ever, making a living online is possible and I don't want to say easy, but it's easier than ever. And certainly you have a lot of opportunities, whether it's a side hustle or you want to have the full freedom to work and live where you want and make passive income or make income without having to be there uh, physically. You know, you can coach people online or work with them online, give them online services, sell products online. I mean, the internet is the key. And so I hope that this episode has served you. Hope it's gotten you one step closer. It doesn't matter how big that step is. If it's one step closer to your dreams, then that makes a difference uh, for me as well as for everybody. So that's awesome. If you want to stay in touch with Patty, make sure you check out the show notes for this. This is episode 230. That's danceoflife.com slash podcast. Don't forget her free time management guide. So if you're having a hard time managing your time. Uh, if you know anybody in that same boat, make sure you go check it out. It's a free guide. She's a, an expert at that kind of stuff. She helps people manage their time and you can also get in touch with her uh, that way too. Don't forget, good is the enemy of great. Jim Collins. Never settle in an area that matters to you most. You know, like I said, sometimes good is, there is sometimes as good as good enough, but ultimately you have to have one area in your life that you really care about and in that area, it is never good enough. You have to push yourself. You have to discover excellence. Excellence is that 94%. It's not settling for 90. <laughs> that's one thing. That's probably the only thing I learned out of Catholic school. No, it's not the only thing. But, you know, it really teaches you to be excellent, to push it more, to go for that extra couple of percents. And that extra 4% is where the character building comes in play. Uh, you know, so I hope that that has inspired you. Hope it's helped you push you a little self a little further and really take all the resources available to you because this is a great time to begin or to scale or to grow anything online. 
Tune in on Tuesday for a little Transformation Tuesday. We're continuing this series of business podcasts. We're going to be doing some branding strategies. I have a great interview to share with you next Friday with Kurt Mercadante. He's he's an expert on aligning business and helping people positioning themselves for an authentic place in the marketplace. And we have a great conversation about alignment not just in business, but really just, you know, it's, it's, it's one of my favorite conversations. You'll really love it. We're going to be doing a lot of stuff on how to live in alignment, really. I don't want to spoil it, but it's really how to live in alignment and how that translates into, obviously, your business, your health, your all the outcomes. Everything's about alignment. You, know, you hear me talk about that a lot. And Kurt and I actually ended up seeing eye to eye on a lot of things. So it's a pretty cool, pretty cool conversation. But on Tuesday, I'm going to be sharing some branding strategies that I've found effective that I help people with and uh, that's helped me in my business. So make sure if you're interested in that, check it out on Tuesday. I'll be sharing a couple of those with you. So until then, remember your life is a dance. So go out there and dance it well. more inspiration, free resources, and bonus content, stay connected at danceoflife.com.